Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Thank you. You can take your seats. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Aiden. Let's give it up for Aiden. How cool is he? Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, um, we've had, like Nate mentioned, we've had a really um, great week, actually. It's been um, different, but in the best kind of a way. We, um, so it was Andre, Hannah Pitts, Josh, Nate and myself. We went down south to party with a bunch of schoolies, leavers, sorry, um, people who are finishing off year 12. Um, probably less on the party side, more on the making sure that they're all good as they party, that more on that side. Um, but one of my favourite uh, experiences that I had over the week was um, uh, rocking up to this uh, accommodation because what, what we do as Red Frogs is that we go um, into accommodations and we kind of have a specific com- accommodation for a Red Frogs team right throughout the week. So you're building relationship with these guys that are staying there and, and it's pretty cool like the conversations you get to have with them and just making sure that they're safe, getting on the bus, getting off the bus, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there was one particular night where we rock up to this um, campsite and it was going a little bit hectic. Um, basically, there was this group of friends and um, one of the guys was actually just taken with by an ambulance um, away to get some treatment and things like that um, and his mate was left there in the campsite him and this other friend but he he was distraught as you can imagine um, your mates getting rushed to hospital in an ambulance um, that's you know you didn't kind of plan for that during the week um, so he's there and and he's absolutely bawling his eyes out and and I don't know about you but whenever I see a guy in particular bawling his eyes out that just gets me I don't know why I'm like whoa that's crazy um but what what was so awesome was that these couple of red frogs guys the the team that was really owning that accommodation for the week they just came alongside him and, and it was kind of cool because it was like the three of them and our guys had their arms around him and just kind of consoling him and um and I was listening to the words that the guy was saying, the one that was crying and and he was just thanking them because he's like, you guys have been my rock all week. You guys have just been there for me and, and I just appreciate you so much. And and he was just really pouring his heart out to them and, and it was just such a moment for them. But, you know, thinking about it, what what I guess was behind all that for me was the fact that this young guy was actually crying out to the love of God. What he was actually connecting with was... God's love for him in tangible form through these two young guys and you know I'm just believing that that guy is going to find Christ soon um, because he's already hungry there's already that sense that he, he needs Jesus and so we got to be a part of moments like that right throughout the week and just being there for our young people in these moments that are really really quite scary um, but everything that uh, the Red Frogs do the work that we do is all about safeguarding our generation that's kind of our catchphrase that we're there to safeguard Um, and so that was a bit of our week Um, but right now I just want to take a moment to honour someone who um, like I was saying we kind of 
dealt with the back end of things last week, was safeguarding. But this person has um, been serving in our church and um, in the Lift Kids team. And this person has been a part of really bringing this next generation forward. You know, we, we dealt with the back end of stuff last week, but this person has been there week in, week out, really setting an example for our kids. Um, and I love that. The first time that I met her, uh, we had this conversation and, and she was coming back to Christ and, and she just said with, you know, kind of tears in her eyes, she was like, I feel like I'm falling in love with Jesus again. And that just moved me because not only was did I feel that that was real in that moment there when I spoke to her, but I've seen her walk in that. I've seen her walk in the love of God and just have that flow right throughout her to all of the kids. But I'm sure when you know who it is, you'll say, yeah, it's flown to me as well through that girl. And so right now I'd love for us to honour together Henny Go. Awesome. I love being able to do that and just thank our amazing volunteers. And, and we do really appreciate each and every one of you. But Henny, we just wanted to honour you especially today. So I hope that blesses you. Um, I chose it, so I think you'll like it, hopefully. I love choosing presents for people. It's awesome. <laughs> so good. All right. So we have been... Um, in this series about hearing God's voice, it's called Loud and Clear. And, and I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in that space where I'm like, God, I would love to hear you loud and clearly. Am I right? Yeah. I've got some amens happening. Um, even, you know, in my relationship with Nate, it's, it's so funny because I think before we've gotten better at this, but sometimes when we're really tired, we just mumble when we're talking to each other. Any mumblers in the room? Yes, and it's the most irritating thing, right? Especially when you're both mumbling because it's like, what? I can't hear you. And then I end up talking like this. So then we just get the conversation over and done with, right? And so sometimes I feel that way with God. And, um, and I love that throughout this series, we've really been dealing with some things that would hinder us from hearing God's voice clearly. And, and this morning, I want to um, touch on a few things like that as well. But really, I want us to, um, I guess, see what we can do to move forward into really hearing God's voice loud and clearly in our lives. Sound good? Awesome. All right. Well, if you've got your Bibles here, why don't you turn with me to your Bibles or your devices, whatever, um, to John 15, uh, verse 14 to 15. And it says this. You are my friends if you do what I command you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So I love that this passage very simply says that through friendship with God, we can hear his voice better. And I say friendship because I think when we use the word relationship, sometimes we have different definitions for that, right? Because relationship could mean you met a person once and that's it. Um, friended them on Facebook and that's kind of the extent of it. And then, you know, you've got people who are acquaintances in your life and then you've got, you know, those people who are friends, but you wouldn't really go to them uh, in urgent kind of situations. Um, but then you've got those friends, who you can really count on, those who stick close to you. And, and it's more of an intimate relationship. And so I want to use that language of friendship today because that's really what God desires with us. It is a friendship. And in fact, we were actually um, designed for friendship with God. 
I find that really amazing because um, uh, as I was thinking about this verse and and um, and I'll unpack the serving kind of part a bit later, but as I was thinking about this, I'm like, God, why is it important for us to actually relate to you as friends here? Like, I, I don't get it. We kind of, uh, excuse me, I know I am like a senior pastor here, but God, there's no need for us to be friends with you here on this earth. Any, any like people secretly thought that before? Okay, maybe I'm just the only one. Um, but I was like, God, what, uh, what is the urgency? Um, because God, we're all about, you know, exchanging your kingdom and really we're working for you. I get the servant part where I'm like, God, I'm one of your workers. I, I'm here to serve you. And so um, why do I need to be your friend? And um, God just reminded me of how we were designed and the fact that when we step into eternity, the design that God created us to live in actually becomes perfected. And a part of that is that eternity is actually entering into rest. And so we're actually preparing for a place where there is no work to be done. There's no hard yakka to be done. And so that what that leaves us with is relationship with God, with friendship with God. And, and I don't know about you, but when I enter into eternity, because it's for forever, I want to be friends with God. I don't want to be that acquaintance. I don't want to be that person who just knew him a little bit. But for eternity, I want to be fellowshipping with him. I want to be knowing him and, and, and being known by him as well. And so... That's what God put in my heart, that he's actually preparing us. He's actually wanting us to live out um, the restored identity that he's given us, the restored image. And part of that is actually relating to him as a friend before even being a servant, even being a worker for him. Now, I'm not condoning not working or not serving. I get that, you know, we need that to survive here um, on the earth. And in fact, when when the Bible talks about coming into God's rest, what precedes that is well done, good and faithful servant. So there's that element of, okay, there is going to be work here on earth. You know, we can't escape that. No, I don't think we want to really. It's, it's a great thing that we get to do. Um, so I'm not condoning that. But really what God wants us to experience is that restored image, that restored identity. And that um, in its purest form is relating to him as friends. But, you know, as I was um, just meditating on this verse, there was a bit of a problem that I encountered uh, with this whole idea of friendship and service in the same sentence. So I'll read the verse again to you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I'm just going to stop there. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, for me, I'm, I grew up in an Anglo-Indian family. Um, I think if, in particular, you grew up in an Asian kind of culture family, um, acts of service is a really big deal, right? And so you do actually learn to serve. And so for me, when I saw this, um, when I read this scripture and was kind of thinking about it, I'm like, God, that doesn't sit right with me, that you only see me as a friend. You only see me as valuable when I can do something for you. And I kind of thought about that for a bit, just just let that sit for a bit. God says that you're his friend if you do what he says. That kind of messed with me a bit because I'm like, God, you're a loving God. You accept me the way that I am before I've even done anything. And I think with my background as, as a kid, you know, my family's amazing. I love my family to bits. Um, we weren't perfect. We aren't perfect. None of us are perfect. Um, but one thing that really stuck with me was... Um, if you didn't really do, 
and I'm being very vulnerable here, if you didn't really do um, what you were meant to be doing, it was a little bit, sometimes you could have the cold shoulder, sometimes you wouldn't be spoken to for a few days and things like that. And I don't know whether I'm getting some nods. So I think we've all experienced this in our households. Um, and so for me, growing up in that, I uh, learned that I was only valuable if I did things. I was only a friend. I was only worthy of relationship if I actually served my family, you know, did the dishes, cleaned my room, all that kind of stuff. Um, but when I begun to think about God in the way that he relates to us, something didn't sit quite right um, with that. And so because what really I had begun to believe is that, yes, I'm only valuable if um, if I can serve someone, if I can do something for someone. But then I began to see how that could get us on a track of actually coming em- coming up empty. And, and recently that really hit home because I felt like this particular relationship that um, I was in, that I was giving and giving and giving and giving to the point where I felt like I was kind of going into that space of giving what I couldn't give. Anyone kind of been there? Um, and yet this person still wasn't satisfied. This person still wanted more and wanted more. And there was this feeling of resentment that began to kind of rise up. Um, and so whenever I'd go to see this person, uh, there would be that sense of, oh, do I have to? You know, like it, it started to become a burden, which should have been um, a great joy and a great thing. Um, but it slowly became a burden because I felt like I was just giving more than I should have been giving. Um, and so I started to think about that and think about how that can lead us down very destructive paths. And, and just coming out of this week, uh, seeing where that gets some young people that, okay, for my life, it was a bit of a feeling of resentment and internal issues. But then for some of these young people, they're getting to spaces where they're doing things that they f- their friends want them to do, but that's doing all the wrong kind of stuff. Um, and and they're getting they're going down roads of destruction and um, and really can actually damage their lives. Um, but you know, coming out of this week, I was thinking about some of um, the people in our church and some big moves that some people are making. And in particular, like I'm really proud of Nat, Robin, and Hannah because over this last year, they've been making um, huge decisions that actually will get them away from giving out of what they don't have and actually coming to a place where they're giving and having those boundaries and giving what they can actually give. Um, and so that's really awesome to see. But this started to mess with me a bit because I'm like, God, how if friendship with you is me giving to you, then really that's manipulation. Really that's coming out of a place of obligation. But that's when he broke down the his definition of friendship. And um, I came across the C.S. Lewis quote, and um, I felt like it just kind of captured it really, really well. So I'm going to read that out to you. We picture lovers face to face, but friends side by side. Their eyes look ahead. This is why pathetic people, I think that tends to mean emotional people, because that's what pathetic actually means. Um, Why pathetic people who simply want friends can never make any The very condition of having friends is that we should want something else besides friends. Friendship must be about something, even if it were only an enthusiasm, and I put my own words in here, 
even if it's only for uh, only an enthusiasm for AFL or for puppy dogs. Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travellers. And so what C.S. Lewis was saying here in this quote was that friendship for friendship's sake actually defeats the purpose of friendship. The very purpose of friendship is that we are going somewhere together, that we have a common cause and, um, and a common purpose and that's where we're going. And, you know, it was just, it was so obvious to see that over this last week. I had this one guy, um, Nate and I uh, got to be part of a street team, which basically meant that we rocked up to this busy street in Dunsborough um, and we just made sure, Dunsborough, and we um, made sure, <laughs> mate, oh, just, yeah, you become a whole nother person in these weeks, it's strange. Um, but we rocked up to this place and um, just making sure that the kids got on and off the buses all right and, you know, they can make their ways home and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this one guy came up to us and, he was with his cousin and another mate, but he was just saying, hey, I need your help. These guys that I'm staying with at my accommodation, they've started to do drugs. They've started to um, kind of mess up our accommodation. And the poor guy, he paid for it. I'm like, mate, that was your first mistake. Honestly, you don't pay like accommodation in full for your mates on a week like this. So he lost his bond. He lost, you know, and he's probably going to get busted for being with those guys. But so these guys... And, and he was basically saying, look, all I want to do is go and get my stuff out of my accommodation and just move somewhere else. Like, I'm done. I'm really sick of it. I'm sick of these friends and what they do. And it was very clear to me that these guys had different purposes for coming to Leavers. This guy wanted to have fun and, and celebrate with his mates 12 years of schooling and, you know, have one last hurrah before they all go their separate ways. But these friends that he came with, they wanted to come and party hard and just be on a high for the whole week. And, and so what, because they didn't have the same purpose, they weren't going in the same direction, they ended up going separate ways at the end of the week and, and kind of by force it wasn't a pleasant ending, but they had to go their separate ways. And, and it just reminded me how friendship, that's the purpose of it. We're meant to be going in the same direction that's the purpose that God gives for friendship anyway, that we're going in the same direction, that we're heading towards a common purpose and a common goal. And so as much as God says that you're my friends if you do what I say, it gave me this understanding that, of course, we need to do what he says. He's not going to be like, well, you know what, Beck? I think you have the better plan. I think you have the better idea. And so I'm going to jump on your path and do what you think. No, that's crazy, right? The Bible says in John 14, 6 is that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. So, of course, God's not going to jump on my path and be like, yep, let's go where you want to go. But no, what he does when he calls us friends is that he invites us into this friendship, onto this journey where we are heading towards a common goal, towards a common purpose. And so that's God's definition for friendship. And, you know, I'll just read out the next part, actually. I was like, should I go there? I'm not sure. Let's keep going. Um, and so how do we actually have this kind of friendship with God? Because having a friendship with yourself, flesh and blood, pretty easy, right? Especially if we've got that kind of principle to guide our friendship. We, we work out what our common, you know, interests are and stuff like that. And, and that's cool. We can work together um, towards something. But how do we actually do that with God? 
Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, which, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, hearing God's voice isn't so much so we hear his audible voice and it feels nice and, you know, we can just get it on with our day. But the whole reason for hearing God's voice is so that we can embark on this journey, that we have a bit of direction. And I love that in this scripture, it talks about how the first step to that is actually just being willing, that we just need to be willing to offer ourselves, to present ourselves to God. And really, that's what being friends with God is. It's a choice. We actually have a choice. And when I discovered that, God helped to heal my heart against all the obligation that I felt, you know, growing up and and the whole Asian culture and stuff like that. It actually began to heal my heart because when we live according to God's ways, he said, you know what, you have a choice in this. You're not obligated to do anything. You're not bound to do anything. I love that the word says that God loves a cheerful giver. And we always you know, talk about that in the sense of giving, but God loves a cheerful person who's willing, who's wanting to come on this journey with him. That's really where it begins, that we make a choice. And so this morning, if you haven't actually made a choice to actually just come and present yourself and say, hey, God, I'm willing to go on this journey with you, then I would love to actually lead you in a prayer that begins that journey, that helps you make that choice. You see, this is the kind of choice we make when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. I mentioned our original design, that we were originally created to be in friendship with God. But that's the thing. At the beginning uh, in creation, what happened was is that Adam and Eve, our first, the first humans that were ever created, they sinned. And so sin was brought into the world. And what sin did was that it broke our friendship with God. It came between us. But the great thing is that God... While we were still enemies, while we still weren't friends with him, whether that's in a hostile way or whether it's not, I think you and I would both know people who are hostile to God and then those who are kind of like, whatever, I just don't think I need him. But that was our status, that we are actually enemies of God. But then through sending Jesus, what God did was that he bridged that gap. He allowed us to be reconciled with him in friendship. And I love this. I get so excited about this because it was something that I couldn't do in my own strength. But simply through receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was brought in to this amazing, life-giving relationship with my creator. And so this morning, actually, I want to share with you a scripture real quick. It's in. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were brought with a price. So glorify God in your body. That's where this whole choice comes in. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we're no longer our own, but we actually are saying, hey, God, I'm coming on this journey with you, and I'm saying yes to your guidance and your direction. And so this morning, if that's you, i I'd just love, first of all, for everyone to close your eyes and bow your head because I get that this is a real personal and really special moment for so many of you. If you've been struggling, you've been striving, you've been feeling like you're obligated to do so many things for God or just 
suffering and being crushed under, under the weight of obligation of other people, then this morning God is here to bring you relief. First of all, God is here to bring you freedom. And what he wants to do is walk on a journey with you in restoring the identity that is actually placed within you. That person that was meant for rest, that person that was meant for eternal fellowship and friendship with God, that's what God wants to restore in you right now in this moment. And so if that's you, why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for bridging the gap that I can never do. Come and live in my heart. I want to be your friend. Come and guide and lead me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Awesome. Now, what do we do? We've made this decision to come on this journey with God and and engage in a friendship with Him where we're going His way. You know, I I think it was in a un, in one of my recent units with college, and uh, the lecturer said something like this. It's not word for word, but this is the gist of it: is that often when we have people come to Christ for the first time, or maybe even as Christians, we pick up this practice. But what we do is that we talk to them about all the things that they should now learn to do in order to walk with God. But my lecturer was saying, maybe we should just encourage them to rest. Maybe we should just encourage them to really think about the gift that they've just received, this gift of salvation, this gift of grace. Because I don't know about you, but if I take my eyes off of that, often what I find myself doing is actually beginning to work for this gift of grace, for this gift of salvation that God's actually just given me. And so this morning, my encouragement to you is what we do with this word is that we actually begin to put in rest points with God in our life. Where instead of having our quiet time as we need to pray, we need to worship, we need to do all these things. Why don't we begin to just come into His presence and just wait, just rest, just be. And for me, when I began to do that, man, it was so hard. <laughs> I was like, mind is racing. There are a million things to do to get done. But, you know, as I started to do this, it does get easier. But when I began to do this and enter into that place of rest, it was like I could hear God's voice so much clearer. It just cut through all the noise. It cut through everything I needed to do. It was great because I could just spend some time with Him. And when I came out of that, it's like God highlighted all the actual important things, all the actual things that He wanted me to do. So my encouragement to you, especially coming to this end part of the year, is that you would put in some time to just rest and just be with God. That you wouldn't get overwhelmed with all the obligations and everything you feel like you need to do, but setting aside that time for God first. And so this morning, the band's going to play or come to the altar. And if, in your, if you're in that place where you feel like, God, I actually just need to be still with you. I actually really need this. 
Sydney, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone comes forward to this altar because I think every one of us falls into this trap sometimes where we run to these different obligations and we actually get out of this position. We actually live life running around rather than being at rest and living life throughout that. And so this morning as the band plays, I want to invite you up if you would like some prayer or if you'd just like to spend some time in worship with God, we're going to do that right now. So the altar's open when you stand to your feet. going to begin to play and if that's you why don't you come join us at the front the elders are ready to pray with you otherwise you can just have that time with god but we're going to take a few moments to do that thank you thank you for tuning in today if you would like to find out more about lift check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au